Welcome to Conservation Unfiltered, presented by Conserve the Wild, your destination for an unfiltered look at conservation. Now let's get wild. Welcome back to another episode of Conservation Unfiltered. This is episode number 19, Exploring the Allegheny National Forest. In today's episode, we kick off season two with an inspiring story of preservation, conservation, and an abundance of outdoor recreational opportunities. Join me as I meander through the history and resources this wonderful parcel of the Allegheny Plateau has to offer. The story of America is littered with success. We as a people have been able to create, innovate, and overcome our own shortcomings in ways that should make each of us proud. Of all the ways we should be proud of our nation, one stands out as a definite top three our extensive public land. Most of our country's 640 million acres of public land lies in the western states. These areas of public land are well known within our society. Examples that come to mind are Yellowstone National Park in Wyoming, Grand Canyon National Park in Arizona, Badlands National Park in North Dakota, Grand Staircase Escalante in Utah, and the Rio Grande National Forest in Colorado and the Sequoia National Forest in California. Almost 58% of the population lives in states east of the Mississippi River. This makes access to public land in western states quite the expedition. Today, I want to highlight one of the relatively unknown gems of eastern public land, the Allegheny National Forest. The Allegheny National Forest encompasses a little over 513,000 acres in Elk, Forest, McKean, and Warren counties in Pennsylvania, known as the Allegheny Plateau. Historically, the forest was populated by eastern hemlock and American beech trees. Currently, as what's known as a second-growth forest, trees such as sugar maple, birch, chestnut, white pine, white oak, and red maple create a diverse expanse of timber. Although the eastern United States is densely populated with a growing amount of urban and suburban sprawl, the Allegheny National Forest boasts one of the least densely populated areas east of the Mississippi River. Like many areas of the eastern half of the United States, the Allegheny National Forest has a rough past. The original virgin timber stand that European settlers discovered was quickly put to use. Sporadic clearing and burning for farmland was practiced by both Native Americans and European settlers. Even still, much of the virgin timber still stood on land that would eventually be named Natural Forest. This rough past for the Allegheny National Forest started in the mid-1800s. During this time, advancements in technology brought on by the Industrial Revolution paved the way for a more efficient method of utilizing this natural resource. Portable steam engines and circular saws of the 1840s enabled large sawmills to clear and process broad swaths of the land. Around 10,000 board feet of lumber was processed each day to be used in furniture and building supplies. Large tanneries started to open in the 1850s. These tanneries used the abundant hemlock bark found in great quantities to boost production of tanned animal hides needed during the Civil War. The years of the 1880s marked the worst stretch of time for the forest of the Allegheny Plateau. The introduction of bandsaws and sawmills boosted the output to 100,000 board feet per day. Just a mere 20 years later, the dawn of the 20th century brought about chemical plants utilizing the timber to produce products such as charcoal, methanol, acetic acid, and acetate of lime. 
these new products coming to market and a market growing as fast as the population, timber companies embarked on what would become the most complete harvest ever in the Allegheny Plateau. These companies harvested trees of every species, size, and quality to meet demand. This led to barren hillsides and a forever changed landscape. The ecology of the area was impacted so severely that families abandoned their land to head west for better opportunities. Heavy rainfall resulted in flooding and landslides. Times of drought brought destructive wildfires. It was a devastating cycle to the region, and for those that stayed, there wasn't much hope. It was in 1911 that the Weeks Act was passed and a glimmer of hope did emerge. Introduced by Massachusetts Congressman John Weeks and signed into law by President Taft, the law authorized the U.S. Secretary of Agriculture to preserve land deemed important to the environment. To quote the bill, to examine, locate, and recommend for purchase private lands, if deemed necessary, to protect rivers and watersheds, headwaters, in the eastern United States. It also allowed land to be purchased to be preserved and maintained as national forest territory. This bill led the way to the Allegheny National Forest being established in 1923. Some regrowth had started in the form of fast-growing species of trees such as cherry, red maple, black birch, and sugar maple. Unfortunately, with little virgin timber remaining and sparsely populated regrowth, the newly created National Forest was often referred to as the Allegheny Brush Patch. The only area of virgin timber that was spared is a 20-acre area now known as Hearts Content. This area was owned by the Wheeler and Duesenberry Lumber Company from 1897 to 1922. With little timber prospects on the landscape, the lumber company willfully deeded this land to the U.S. Forest Service in 1923. It is now a national natural landmark that is made up of 300 to 400 year old white pine trees and provides many tourist opportunities. Ironically, it was a time of suffering for most Americans that the Allegheny National Forest was able to start its true comeback. With the onset of the Great Depression in the 1930s, President Franklin Roosevelt developed a new deal. Part of the new deal, playing off his cousin Theodore's square deal, was the establishment of the Civilian Conservation Corps. The CCC provided jobs for young men, aged 17 to 28, willing to work towards reforestation of cutover timberland. The first effort at reforestation by the Corps included a planted red pine plantation on properties located within the Allegheny National Forest. The second CCC camp in the country opened on the Allegheny National Forest with enrollees from Pittsburgh, Scranton, Philadelphia, and the Deep South. For $30 a month, of which they were required to send $25 back home, they set forth to eventually plant 781 acres of burned and cut land in Durham, Pennsylvania. In total, 14 CCC camps were built throughout the Allegheny National Forest, helping to restore the forest to its current splendor. Let's look forward to more modern times. For outdoor enthusiasts, the Allegheny National Forest provides many different opportunities. Located throughout the forest are campsites and hiking trails that have been built upon the backbreaking work of the Civilian Conservation Corps. Small cabins dot the landscape along roadsides between small towns that are direct descendants of the sawmills and tanneries that once scarred the area. 
Many of these small towns, such as Marionville, Smithport, Warren, Tynesta, Kane, Ridgeway, Bradford, and Brockway offer family-style restaurants and festivals throughout the year. Those of you who are interested in non-consumptive activities will find opportunities abound. You can easily go hiking, bicycling, and horseback riding on a number of trails. Anyone who requires engine use for fun can traverse ATV trails in the summer and snowmobile trails in the winter with the purchase of an off-highway vehicle permit. This cheap $35 permit is good for the entire calendar year. The U.S. Forest Service also promotes many guided activities such as nature viewing, outdoor learning for kids, and seminars. Water activities are abundant on either the Clarion or Allegheny River. Just stop at one of the many rental businesses for a canoe, kayak, or inflatable tube raft. Of course, you can always bring your own. Either way, enjoying the cool water on hot summer days among nature is quite a relaxing experience. Consumptive users also have options to enjoy the Allegheny National Forest. Fishing opportunities include the aforementioned rivers, Tynesta and Minister Creeks, and the Allegheny Reservoir. The reservoir, which was created from the Kinzu Dam, offers boat or land fishing in the summer and ice fishing for those of you that are winter lovers. After a reduction in game animals in the early 1900s due to commercial hunting, overhunting, and habitat loss, wildlife numbers have rebounded admirably. A hunter with the purchase of a Pennsylvania hunting license can pursue deer, turkey, bear, waterfowl, and a number of small game species in the same tradition as the early European settlers. Of course, a few of the species require an additional tag. No matter your choice of outdoor activity, the Allegheny National Forest has the opportunity you're looking for. I'll be the first to tell you I'm a little biased, but I believe the Allegheny National Forest is the best national forest the state of Pennsylvania has to offer. The views, the opportunities, the small towns, and the business owners and their staff provide for the best outdoor experience. My call to action for today is to make time to visit a national forest or park. Don't discount those lesser-known national forests like the Allegheny National Forest. I truly believe once you visit, learn, and explore, you'll discover just how awe-inspiring the national forests are. That'll do it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed hearing about one of America's greatest success stories in terms of preservation. Join us next week as Talon and I discuss our 2019-2020 hunting season. We will share our plans, goals, and thoughts on changes being implemented for Pennsylvania hunters. Until then, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes and share this podcast with a friend. And as always, stay wild.